Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Reap the Spoils. I'm Mark Sullivan. I'm Delilah Lugo. I'm Jason Kwasnicki. I'm gonna do. It. I'm gonna do it to him again. Hey, Jason, what's today's <laughs> episode about? Almost nothing. Um, oh, stop it. Come on. Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Even if, even if it makes you mad, it's something. You can't <laughs> you can't discredit it as 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 nothing just because it you you want it to be nothing just because you want it to not exist. It is. Uh, we'll get into it. But <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Yeah, reap the spoils is a monthly semi monthly spoiler cast where. We will usually play a game, but today we're talking about a movie related to a video game. Uh, we we watched it, we watched the movie, and now we're here to talk about the movie. Uh, so if you have not watched Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, available on DVD, Blu-ray, or 4K Blu-ray, uh, I highly recommend that you go and watch that film, and then uh, come back to this episode and listen to us talk about it. Because yes. we we don't want to be the thing that just ruins that movie for you. Although this I think, movie I think, also spoils Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, so. I mean it's yeah the the, the two are pretty sequel. important. Um, oh, I guess I could say you could you could rent or stream this movie. I, I could have brought that up, but if you uh, if you buy a physical copy of Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, it does come with a featurette. Uh, that goes through the entire plot of Final Fantasy VII for those people that, for some fucking reason, picked this movie up without having played that game. <laughs> um, don't do that. But... <laughs> do, what? Don't do you, what? Uh, the movie is incomprehensible as it is. You will not oh. understand a fucking thing if you haven't played Final Fantasy VII. You're saying don't not play the game before watching this movie. Yes. Got it. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I completely agree. So, uh, yeah, like Delilah said, we, we will be spoiling Final Fantasy VII as a result because it's kind of important to talk about that game when talking about this movie. If you haven't played Final the original Final Fantasy VII or watched Advent Children, um, yeah, come back to us later. You know, go play the game, go watch the movie, and then come back. Some uh, juicy tidbits about Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Very juicy. Directed by... Tetsuya Nomura, the juiciest one of all. Right, Jason? Would you would you agree with that? Uh, uh, with yeah, that it's juicy, you know. Sakaguchi got fired for making essentially a better movie than Wow. Than this. Now that's now that is a hot take. That Spirits take. Within is a Spirits, better movie Spirits than Spirits Within has a plot that I can tell you. Man, okay. Well, I mean, this has a plot too. No, it we'll doesn't. get into it. Yes, yes, it does. Stop it. Um, this movie was written by Kazushige Nojima, um, Tetsuya Nomura and Kazushige Nojima. They were both involved with the original game, uh, Nomura primarily on character design, uh, Nojima on scenario and story. Um, and yeah, the, the movie originally came out in, on September 14th, 2005 in Japan, came out April 24th, 2006 here when I was like... No, I was twelve years old. Yeah, I, I, I was. I was barely a teenager. Pretty sure I yeah. saw saw the a DVD copy for the first time in a in a Walmart. And had to beg my mom <laughs> to buy it for me. Um, I was very as, excited. As a quick side note, it is funny how they credit. I don't know if there's other Japanese um, visual or media productions, but it is funny how almost credited like a video game. 
as opposed to a movie. Um, like where it's just written, it's like scenario, but it's funny. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess, I guess because it's it's so heavily tied yeah. in with you know those credits and and that game, but um, and it should be noted that we all watched the complete edition, which came out uh in Japan, uh, about three and a half years after the original cut released wow. in Japan, April 16th, 2009 came out here June 2nd, 2009. Um, and it adds like 20 some odd minutes of content that frankly, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit, I guess I, I don't, the complete cut is ideal uh, because I decided to start rewatching the original cut before this episode just just to see you know how much more incomprehensible it could be and by golly very <laughs> there is just so much core stuff that's just not in the film um so yeah that that's kind of the 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 info block yeah. are we I'll, ready i'll just oh. say i'll just say that although rewatching this i'm not going to be very positive at the time when i saw this as a teenager it was hype and it that's was. It. Hey, I'll just it's, leave it at that. It still is hype. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a defendant a little bit. It still is a hype ass movie. It's not a good movie, but it's a yeah. hype ass movie. Yeah. Um. But all right, are we, are we ready to get into this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Final, final spoiler warning. If you have not played Final Fantasy VII, the original game, if you have not watched Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, especially at Final Fantasy VII Advent Children Complete, I highly recommend. You pause this episode, go experience those things, and then come back to us. Okay. So go ahead, get, get it out there. What 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 did you guys think of the movie? I'll let Delilah go first on this one. Oh boy. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it has it has some moments that are special that are nice callbacks to the game. You know, seeing the characters show up and do, like, cool moves or say cool things. It's like, if you look at it from that perspective, it's like, oh, cool. Like, they're, you know, not thinking from the remake perspective, right? Because when this movie came out, there was no remake. This is like seeing the characters in a different kind of form, in a more detailed form. And the animation, I think, still holds up. Um, I, I find I it very funny, though. No, I think I think it mostly holds up, too. I'll agree with that. I do find it very funny that largely... Uh, remake has kind of surpassed it graphically. Exactly. I was, that's what I was going to say. Um, and some of the character designs, if not all of them, are way better in remake. Um, but the 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 fighting scenes are, are fun. They're cool. But the story, I'm just like, okay, sure. You know, it doesn't make sense <laughs> at times. And then when it does make sense, it's like, really? This is what we're doing? <laughs> And the character, some of the characters are are the newer characters. I'll say it's like, what are you doing? And then if you're watching the English version, they make Tifa say stupid shit like "dilly dally shilly shally" every five seconds, <laughs> which yeah. sounded way better in the Japanese well, version. But yeah, well, yeah, because to to be fair, how do you how do you translate? Well, I think what is it? Zuda 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 zuda. Yeah, uh, in Japanese, like how do you how do you localize that? Right, like, <laughs> um, it it, yeah. it like. I I I get it, but I also I also have always found that kind of funny because I I when I first watched this movie and first heard that I'm like, is that something that Aerith used to say? She never said that in the game. Where does that come from? 
Mm. And like maybe she maybe in the Japanese script she said zero 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 at some point. I don't really know. I I kind of doubt it. Oh, does she? Okay, I well, think so. I'm, they I'm also just like, have her. They also have Aerith say it at one point in the movie, if I remember correctly. Yes, toward toward the end yeah. of the movie. Um, but all right, Jason, go go ahead and give just a preamble to your thoughts. Um, right. I mean, basically, it's just a movie that exists so that. Namura could do a CG fight scene between Cloud and Sephiroth, and in the process, they story-wise, there's not there's almost no plot. It's really just Cloud going through the same arc that he went through in the game in an extremely truncated and nonsensical way because he already went through that arc. Um. In terms of like literally be free, and this was a common complaint I remember when the movie first came out. Um, it's basically Cloud uh, overcoming guilt and accepting who he is. It's really weird. Well, um, okay. because so... it, it it almost feels like it ignores everything that actually happened in the game, even though it's a sequel. So, all right, let, let, why don't we start off talking about that? Uh, just more broadly, um, because I partially agree, um, in 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 the sense that uh, he he had to he had to come to some acceptance for who he is. But realistically, I don't I don't think it's the same arc at all. Um, I do think it's a little misplaced. I do think it kind of comes out of nowhere, or not not out of nowhere, but yeah, this doesn't is feel you'll like hear, you'll you'll hear people say like emo cloud, right? Yeah, exactly, and. That that that's something that I kind of can agree with being jarring, right? Because, um, this is two Advent Children takes place two years after the end of Final Fantasy VII, and for Cloud to now be mourning Aerith's death, it just feels like, or if he's been mourning it for two years, well, is the believed scenario that he couldn't, he didn't have the time to mourn her after her death and in the midst of saving the world. Uh, or I guess even tr- cutting that shorter, coming to terms with himself in the in the original game, kind of reconnecting and reclaiming his own mind, his own memory, um, and saving the world. Uh, is it just like a situation that now that the dust is settled, now that everything's quiet, he is there's nothing left but to mourn him or uh, Aerith and Zack? It just it is a little contrived. I'll agree with that for sure, but I don't think it's the same arc at all. It's it 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 is it is an arc of mourning and having to come to terms with what happened to them wasn't his fault. Again, I just to clarify what I mean by the same arc, the arc in in the original game, um, boiled down to him feeling inadequate with himself, him feeling like a failure because he didn't get into soldier. Uh, and also his misplaced ideals about what uh, what heroism is, and him coming to terms with that over the course of the game. Obviously, like in the original game, his idealized version is Sephiroth, and then Sephiroth. There's so much in the original game. Well, um, the thing that well, including including the twist of his. Uh, it, it, there's so much to unravel. But the well, reason realistically. I say that, but realistically, I guess what I'm trying to get at, Jason, is that's not really what his arc is at all in the original. His arc in the original is more so putting the pieces of himself back together. But he yes. doesn't even know that until he's kind of in an existential crisis within the yes, life stream. Yes, yes, 
that that's why I said that there's so much going on there. It's hard to unpack, and we're trying to keep it. But I I know, think along those lines, movie. there's so much there's so much to it that I don't think they're one to one with each other. His arc in the original game, and no, no, they're not they're not one to one, but they're pretty damn close because the and obviously I'm going off of my interpretation of a jumbled mess of writing that is Advent Children, but it seems to me that him coming to accept that in being a hero, like in that final um, fight with the boss monster, he, you know, uses the, the, the help of his friends, the anime trope, you know, uh, <laughs> the power of friendship, um, kind of the same thing as in the original where, you know, you can't do it all by yourself. You, he, he has a misplaced ideal of what heroism is. Well, that last part, I I don't know that I, I agree with or even connect with, but I do agree that, like, yeah, the same lesson is kind of taken away from both works. Right. Um. In in that, you know, the power of, yeah, the power of friendship trope. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I, and I, it's I, really I guess, goofy in I guess this the movie. Main, but... The main problem I have is that in the game, you have, like you mentioned, there's so much more to flesh that out and there's so yeah. much more context, whereas here it's just like, He's he starts off the movie in such a different place than he is at the end of the game. It's I, just I think, jarring. I think we can overall agree that his arc his arc in this movie is like I th- I feel like we're agreeing on the same point. It's just the reason we agree with it is different and we don't agree with that. But I will sure, I, sure. I, I, okay. I totally agree that his his character arc in this movie is a little contrived because Again, two years after, why is he just? Why is he still mourning them? Why is he not moved on? Why is he still blaming himself when he never really seemed to blame himself toward the end of the original right, work? right, yeah, that, right. yeah, that's and I, and yeah, I and I think you know it, it's it's I don't know it's partially to, I guess to create drama, you know, to yes. to, <laughs> to to give him a, a a conclusion to reach, um, even though it's not one that he really should have to. Because Nomura just wanted to make a CG movie with him having more belts. Yeah, well, all technically right. sword sheaths, but yes, <laughs> made of belts. <laughs> made of belts, yes. Um, D- Delilah, I I feel bad. We we just talked. For, we just talked no, for like I mean, five minutes straight arguing with I, one another. I guess I mean I started off with my thoughts. I I, I largely agree with Jason. I feel like um. D- this wasn't necessary. The only, again to my to my point, his point. The only good part about it is the cool fight that you get. But how we get there is quite ridiculous. I think. I mean, I don't disagree with that, guys. I, yeah. I really don't. I just, I just, I don't, I don't feel that it's the same. It's this. It's a one to one scenario with the original game. I think it is different. It's just worse. Yeah. No, I don't think it's one to one. But but I I do think it doesn't make sense how that two like like you said how two years later he's in this space yeah but the thing that bothers me is that this isn't even the worst part for me like <laughs> you know like this to me is like i i was fine with that i was like i'll i'll deal i'll lead into the drama that that's totally uh-huh. okay but how the whole like how sephiroth came about that's where my that's where i'm like no yeah. this is, so this is so let's so let's good. get into that because i feel like even even with complete even with advent children complete i feel like it's not very well explained like Exactly who the hell Kadaj, Yazoo, and Laz are. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're 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 essentially just like embodiments of Sephiroth's will to 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 re- resurrect himself. 
um, which gets into some really goofy, like Tetsuya Nomura writing. Um, uh, not again, not to put the writing on Tetsuya Nomura. It's also Nojima. They're both very guilty of pulling stuff like this. Mm. Um, but I bring up Nomura though specifically because it kind of echoes a lot of Kingdom plot points Hearts. from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um, but that's what they're supposed to be. Why, you know, I guess we're just supposed to take for granted that in order to resurrect Sephiroth, like they, they lack Genova essence and they need it in order to bring him back. Um, I think Geostigma is pretty poorly explained, even again, even incomplete, where there's a lot yeah. more footage, a lot more information that's given to you. And yet it doesn't, it helps a little, it doesn't help a whole lot. Right. Um, and what that essentially, what Geostigma essentially is, is just like Sephiroth infecting the life stream. And um, Vincent kind of goes into this a little bit. It's It's essentially a disease that attacks the immune system doesn't the immune system in the body doesn't know how to protect against it so it overcompensates and it leads to what the mostly kids have uh i just looked up quickly and apparently it's uh you know talked about somewhere that it's because kid the, the reason children were more affected is because they have weaker immune systems um <laughs> sure okay <laughs> why not technically isn't it supposed to be genova cells in the live stream yeah it's That's Sephiroth. what it, it's, yeah. It's Sephiroth's. It's Sephiroth's essence. It's Sephiroth's um, genes. Yeah. That's that why was... they call it like. That's why they call it um, uh, like the Sephiroth. I think they they uh, Vincent explicitly says like the Sephiroth gene or something. Um, okay. If it was I... Genova, then they wouldn't really need Genova to become Sephiroth. You know. Yeah, but again, that, it's all confused. a bunch of hokey pseudoscience nonsense. Yeah. Like because let's, te let's technically, it. Cloud was experimented on with Genova, but like it was a failed by Hojo. So why is he getting it if he already has some Genova cells? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it matters if you are if you have yeah, Genova cells or not. I think it's just it just. I think it was just a random a random infection that hit that it didn't like necessarily target specific people. It's just the people who primarily got it were children, but not exclusively. Yeah, it was a shitty plot point. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was, no, I I agree, yeah. guys. I, let me. Can I, I? I didn't give my little preamble or preface. Yeah, I don't go think ahead. This is a, I don't think this is a good movie. I know it's not yeah. a good movie. I like good movies. I do, but Jason, you keep bringing up it, this is this is like my Transformers. Yes, uh, I do love this movie in spite of it all. It's a very fun film. It's very fun if you're a Final Fantasy VII fan, and I, I feel like you can you can uh, you can appreciate it and like it, even though even if you acknowledge that it's ver not very good. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, yeah, sure. It's fan service the movie. <laughs> yes, it's fan service the movie. Exactly. Sure, I, I'm not castigating you, and the reason, or I, just to clarify my initial comment that I think that Spirits Within is better. Um, Spirits Within is not a good movie. Yeah, I, right. I, I can tell you what the plot of Spirits Within is, though. I mean, I can tell you what the plot of Final Fantasy VII Advent Children is, too. Cloud is Cloud is grieving Zack and Aerith's death, as we've already discussed. Uh, Sephiroth remnants come back to resurrect him, because Sephiroth's will wants to come back so that he can do what Genova did, go to another planet and destroy it. Um, or at least attempt to. I guess Genova technically didn't achieve that goal, but uh, and that almost succeeds until well, I mean, he comes back and then Cloud defeats him. That's that's the plot of them. Oh, and then and then Cloud accepts that he is not to blame for Zack and Aerith's death. 
and he's and he saved the day. Character not plot, but okay. I, I, all right, I'll give you. Wait, I'll give you. What are you talking plot. about? What are you the talking plot, about? The plot is just remnants come out of nowhere. They get uh-huh. the they get a piece of uh, I guess it's Genova in the box. Um, or no, Sephiroth in the. I don't remember what exactly no, was Genova. supposed to be in the box. It's, it's, it's Genova in the, uh, the supposedly last, the Genova's piece. head. Yeah. Supposedly yeah. Genova's head is in that box, which you know, I, how do they fit Genova's head in that little box? Anyway, they get it. Sephiroth comes back. Cloud beats him. End of story. Right, that's what I just fucking said. I know. That's why I said. All right, I'll give you that. The point <laughs> I'm getting is that everything around it, like the like, it seems like the Geosigma is supposed to be like the driving MacGuffin of it. Like, yeah. it really is a non sequitur, not necessary point. There's there's a lot of there's also stuff with the live stream. Well, yeah, well, whatever. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, the stuff with the live stream is what Aerith. Aerith just kind of comes out a it comes out to save the day almost with with the, the live stream life stream rain that just Heavy, cures yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah, I guess what I'm getting at is there's there's no real stakes in anything. There's no try fail cycles. It's just excuses to have action sequences that are That's overall not true. What if Sephiroth killed Cloud? He would have he would have taken the planet as his vessel to go and sail the cosmos, like he said. Okay, but you could have done reason, it. The reason I said there's no stakes is because there's so much that happens before that where you think people might die and then they don't. We can get into it when we no, talk I get about it. Stuff. Like, yeah, well, re- like, realistically, like, you know, what the characters are trying to prevent is Sephiroth's return, but they're which they've I already under- done. I understand. What do you mean they've already done it? They already beat Sephiroth. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, sure, right, but th- th- there, was a, there was a looming threat that he could return. Cloud was. Really, Cloud wasn't even trying to stop that. Cloud was just trying to save the kids. Um, but then, then crazy shit still kept a, happening. They get saved by Deus Ex Machina, essentially. You mean the Vincent Ex Machina? <laughs> well, technically it's Aerith, because it's, it's when... Uh, oh, you're okay, you're talking about overall. I was I was just talking about when Cloud yeah. went to go save the kids. Oh, no, no, capital. no. I'm just talking about the ending with the gotcha. live yeah, stream yeah. and the flowers, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, and and that also is just kind of a baffling thing, like... What led Aerith to finally intervene? You know, why why didn't that happen sooner? Right. Um, <laughs> That's what I mean when it has no plot. You don't really understand why characters are doing things, or you get a base well, motivation. But I'm talking about individual sequences. And, but but the thing is, Jason, yeah. it has a plot. It's not a good plot. It's not a it's not a very yeah, cohesive right, fair plot. Enough. But it fair has enough. a plot. Fair it, enough. I'm being a bit hyperbolic, Mark. You are being hyperbolic. <laughs> It's also a plot that just leaves a lot of questions because yeah. it's this is canon. It is. That's mm-hmm. what hurts. That's what hurts about this movie. <laughs> is that it's canon and Yeah, I, I agree with Delilah on that point, is that the ambiguity of the ending of the original game is so beautiful and then yeah. it just gets shit on and, by this. And that is that is something that I brought up, the retcon. And they they, they even acknowledge it right up front. Like so like the, the movie opens um, the movie, actually, let's talk about this real quick. The movie opens with, uh, with a message essentially saying, like, to fans of this game, this, this movie's for you. Um, and I know this was a widespread criticism of the movie when it came out, and it's something that, Jason, you and I were just talking idly about just before recording. If you haven't played Final Fantasy VII, or maybe you said it at the, at, during the intros, I don't remember, but if you haven't played Final Fantasy VII, this movie is even more incomprehensible. Um, which, in a way, makes sense. It's intended to be a direct sequel. They're not going to spend time introducing characters that have that you've already spe- I, that they expect that you've already spent like 
30 to 40 hours with at the at the bare minimum to beat the original game um it makes sense in a way that this movie wouldn't waste time with just introducing you to who they are uh but if you haven't played that game and you watch this movie that doesn't really make much sense to do that but it really just leaves you with even more questions yep um but you know, if you if you have that physical copy, you got that reminiscence of Final Fantasy VII uh, featurette. <laughs> I forget how long it is, but it's long. Oh, <laughs> really? It goes over, yeah, it goes over the plot of the whole game. Damn. Um. But anyway, the other thing that I wanted to, to bring up from the opening of the of the movie is is yeah that final post credit scene recreated and uh in the the and and rendered for this movie of Red Thirteen five hundred years in the future. With um, some little red thirteen cubs, Babies. yeah, red fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen, yeah. um, mm-hmm. jumping up and jumping up a cliffside and seeing a a a Midgar overgrown with vegetation. Um, J- what Jason just said, the ambiguity of that of that original ending, where the intention was that mankind was wiped out, but the planet lived on. Uh, that's gone. It's totally yeah. gone. Um, this this just totally retcons that and says, nope, everyone survived. Everything's good. Um, so yeah. I, 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 I get why that stings, especially. I get why that hurts, especially because this is uh, this is a product after Sakaguchi was uh, or left the company. It also like nerfs Meteor somehow <laughs> like that attack. You know, well, to to speak to the ambiguity, you don't know that they were. It's never explicitly stated that they all died from meteor. Well, I, it could, I think it, it was. It speaks more to the inevitability of death and the acceptance of that, which was an underlying theme of the game. I'm I'm mostly just speaking, Jason. From I believe it was confirmed in like the uh, the Ultimania guide released after. Who gives a fuck? The, the original well, I'm, I'm game. Sim- yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm simply saying. I'm simply saying that in like. Post original game, but pre Advent Children, it was confirmed that the intention behind that ending was humanity was wiped out. But if you ignore, if even if you ignore that and just say um, that that it's left ambiguous of whether or not they survived, like I, I get it, I get why this kind of um, rejects that notion and says definitively, like, nope, they survived. And Delilah, to your credit, yeah, most of Midgar is relatively intact. Not really affected yeah. by meteor all that much. Yeah. Uh, it's called, or the, the 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 part that most of the movie takes place in is a uh, Midgar Edge, a section of the of the town that's being rebuilt. I did really like that they have uh, like a memorial for meteor set up. Um, I I I you know I just think that was nice. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that I I I I get like the issues with just the exposition and kind of existence of this movie. It is unfortunate that um, it's unfortunate that final fantasy seven was such a well, well selling popular game that they had to franchise just that. one. Yeah. Right. Um, I get why that's, I, I get why that's uh, unfortunate. Yeah. But anyway, let's, let's, let's continue spoiling the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, is there any is there anything else you guys really want to say about Kadaji Zoo and Laws? I just I nothing positive. I, yeah. I, 
I don't think they're good villains, guys. No, really they're don't. not. They're not good villains. It's sure some of the fight scenes they had were cool, but uh, they were just bland, and I don't even understand why they're here, to be honest. I think <laughs> it would have been like it would have been better if they all were meant to represent like a part of Sephiroth. If there was a way they could have shown that with the characters, I feel like that would have gone a lot. That would have gone a, a long way to make them better villains. Um, mm. But just making them uh, a, a a a group of three crybabies, um, it's just weird. <laughs> it's just very strange. Yeah. Um, the only one that really looks. Or the one that looks most like Sephiroth isn't even the main one, Yazoo. I, I, I would say he's, he looks most like Sephiroth and doesn't really act like him at all. Um, I always thought Kad uh, Kadaj's weapon, the, the like the double-bladed katana, I always thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, it's almost like the Masamune cut in half but still on the same hilt. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's what they were going for, but I, I, I always thought the, the idea of that was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. It also just doesn't help that bringing Sephiroth back was never going to because the, the party already defeated him, you know, in his god form. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. So bringing him back was, if you were going to do a sequel like this, having Sephiroth come back at all was always going to be a bad idea, just because it, it, it just lacks any dramatic weight, given that they already defeated him, you know, in his god form. I mean, the way it could have made sense was if there was a more, if there was a more legitimate looming threat of him coming back, and if the if if the stakes of that were more known and much higher, um, as long as they managed to prevent it, and maybe the only Sephiroth we see is just him talking to Cloud through the live stream or some you know some bullshit like that, um, I feel like that could have worked better because. Jason, to your point, yeah, this movie was basically just a culmination up until the fight we wanted to see rendered in these graphics, you know, between Cloud and Sephiroth. Exactly. Which again, really, really cool fucking fight, but getting there is definitely nonsense. Yeah. Iconic scene too when Sephiroth has his sword out and like Cloud's hanging. Like, there's so many cool artwork done around that scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just that fight, it's that's the problem with this movie is that it's so much of it is action sequences when you break it down by runtime, and most of them are pointless. Why do say most three of them are attack, pointless? Why do the three attack Cloud in the beginning on the bike? What is that? Achieve? Well that one I would say that one's pretty pointless. Yeah. What is the point of <laughs> what is the point of uh, Rune and uh Reno fighting the two guys forever? What is the point of the whole bike chase where it seems like Reen and Rune, or Rune and Reno are going to sacrifice themselves? Rude. It's rude. I'm sorry. Whatever. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, the, um, it seems like they're sacrificing themselves to take out the other two, but then they're all fine. Just like in the beginning when it seems like Song and Alina are killed and they're creating stakes for these new villains. But no, they're fine. Yeah. Like, and, al and also Vincent to, for Vincent to say, like, they must have been brutally tortured and... I don't right. know. They, sh yeah. they show up and they they they're relatively okay. Yeah. Um, I kind of thought there was a possibility that. So, <laughs> full disclosure, I went to see this movie in theaters twice last uh, last <laughs> week when it was in theaters. 
course um, you did. Yeah, I mean, I, it was a once in a lifetime thing, guys. I had I had to go do it. Um, <laughs> so the first time I watched, I I kind of at the end when they sh they focus on Rufus as he's sitting in the chair and his geostigma gets wiped away. I I thought like maybe the intention there because he he doesn't move was oh maybe Rufus died maybe he didn't get to outlive the geostigma getting uh, cured. Um, and then when I watched it the next night, I realized, oh, wait, but he gets out of the nets and he's walking just fine uh, before that scene. So I can't imagine he just succumbed to it. Um, so maybe he doesn't die. I don't know. There's a lot of there's definitely a lot of potential payoffs that don't really occur. And it's kind of like, oh, everyone's just fucking fine. That's what I mean yeah. by lack of stakes. There's, there's yeah. a lot of like video game logic that gets transplanted into this movie. A perfect example of this is when uh, Marlene gets kidnapped. You have the whole fight sequence between Tifa and uh, I don't know mm -hmm. any other name. Like I, I know Laz. Kadash is the main short hair dude. The short hair dude, yeah. It's so it's Tifa it's, and Laz. It's basically it's it's very similar to a lot of sequences you'll see in video games generally, but also Final Fantasy specifically, where you'll win a fight, but then in the story right after something happens and you lose the one fight or the victorious. You know what I mean? Like you'll beat a boss, but then in the story, the boss will end up overpowering the party anyway. That's a very video game thing, and that's fine. It works in the interactive medium. It doesn't work in a movie. It just mm. it just comes off as kind of dumb and contrived. Um. So and and the the movie is full of that kind of video game logic. Like I just mentioned all these sequences where you think characters actually died, but no, they just come back a little while later. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. The. The point of the fight with Rude was for the best part of the movie, which is when Rude's glasses get broken and then he just pulls out a new pair. The best part of the movie. <laughs> which, Even better yeah. than Cloud and Sephiroth fighting. Which they redid. Uh, I, I believe they redid that in Remake, too. Um, when, when you, at, at one point, fight Rude. I yes, think. that's true. Yeah. I, I think you're right. But I like, do remember you know, that. Advent Children did it first, guys. Exactly. I'm sorry. It's like... <laughs> It's really, it's not even like something funny. It's just a callback at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I get, I guess I get your point, Jason. Like the, the fight at the beginning definitely is just like, why do they attack Cloud? They, then they attack him multiple times. Um, it's, yeah, they know he does. He's not the one that has the head. They're looking for the head. Then they know Rufus. So why don't they just go get yeah. Rufus? I. I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> it's definitely a good question. It's because they wanted to have a bike fight scene in the beginning. Hey, but it was a cool <laughs> fight scene, wasn't it? That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cool. I I do want to double back to the um to the Tifa and Laws fight because it, it's it's probably up there as one of my favorite fights in the movie. Um, mostly because I love the piano rendition of uh of uh Let the Battles Same. Begin. Um, and I also yeah, love the, the, the Umatu, kind of Umatsu's score carries this hard. Yeah, True. and and just to point out, like he he wasn't he didn't solely work on this uh, on the soundtrack. It was really primarily other composers. Obviously, his original themes made yeah, it through. That's what that's what I mean. It's it's his yeah. original work getting yeah. But I will say, like a lot of the original songs. Um, I, I think the soundtrack is a real highlight, personally. I th I think it is the highlight. It's the best part of the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the uh, like, recomposed uh, one winning angel. Yeah, 
not even just that the some of the original tracks that were composed for it i really right. like the i really like the track that plays at the end of the movie cloud smiles mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. frankly it's a it's a song that actually gets me teary at any time i hear Aww. it um it's just it's a, it's just a beautiful piece of music it really is yeah um and man, if 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 you if you like that track and haven't heard it, listen to the Distant Worlds orchestration of it because it's even mm. it's even better. Um also fun fact, there were two ending like themes uh like original artist themes uh composed for this for this movie. One for the original cut and one for Advent Children Complete, but only in Japan. Uh that second one, Safe and Sound, featured Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance fame. <laughs> um I didn't know that, was... that's funny. I th- but I think because of that reason, um, the the rights for using that song again for like other releases, uh, they they don't they never use that song anymore. Oh. Uh, it was pretty much only used for the initial Japanese release, which kind of sucks. Wow. Um, cool info. But the other song, "Calling," is uh, is, I, I I do enjoy. Uh, I I do think it's pretty good. But anyway, um, moving back onto the story, we haven't talked much about Denzel a new original character. Um, When this movie came out, I feel like I got hit with a little bit of, like, Mandela effect. I could have sworn, and keep in mind, this is, like, 12-year-old me that had probably hadn't played Final Fantasy VII for a year or two uh, by the time this movie came out. Um, I could have sworn Denzel was in the original game. Uh, And they kind of... The original cut doesn't really offer any means to introduce him organically into the plot. That he's just there, and you're just supposed to accept that he's someone that lives with Cloud and Tifa. Complete basically gives his entire backstory, and that he's an orphan that lost his parents when the plate fell. Um, presumably. Right. Um, Again, something that I was trying to think, if you haven't played the game, or don't know the story, then yeah, it's completely lost on you. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, I just find it so egregious that, like, that whole that whole scene in, in in complete where he's outside where you get his you get his backstory where he's outside the church rumbling around finds Cloud's phone and everything that wasn't in the original movie. Yeah. So you, again, you just have no idea who this who this uh this child is. Right. And original, I thought that but... like to give the it some credit, there was good visual storytelling as well as just general storytelling with yeah. that particular scene where he goes out and he's trying to call his parents. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of really one of the best moments of character work in the entire one of the only in the entire movie hell like, i i even want to call out just some other like i i do feel like there were some there was some really good shot composition in this movie at times um there, uh, early on in the movie when i think i think when the um cloud's phone is is ringing and tifa goes to answer it there's several shots throughout the room that let you see just like what their life is like right now and you see on cloud's desk before marlene brings it up way later in the movie on Cloud's desk, there's like a medical book. Mm. It's like that—that's there to establish that he—he he is trying to research a cure. Um, there, there is some, there is some other good visual storytelling and just some really good shot composition throughout this movie that I don't feel gets really talked about much. True. Um, not to say that it redeems the movie entirely. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I—I I do think it's a positive that gets pretty easily overlooked. No, and 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 there's also some weird stuff. Um, in terms of like just background information that gets thrown around, like apparently Cloud runs a delivery service, yeah. And yet Marlene and Tifa are bitching about how he's never there. He, he runs a fucking delivery service. He's not delivering shit. What do you well, mean he's not there? Well, okay. The idea <laughs> is that 
he, yeah, he runs a delivery service, but he never comes home, right? Never answer his phone. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, that's really the bigger problem. He runs a delivery service, yet he doesn't answer his phone. <laughs> like, who, who, are, who, are you, who are you servicing, sir? Yeah. <laughs> like, even when, when his phone is falling hey, into man, the lake. They, they don't specify what kind of delivery service it is. <laughs> mm, true. He just, he just delivers that ass. <laughs> under under that uh under however many layers of black cloth however um, many sword sheaths he has he has like fuck he has more sword sheaths than he uses swords in the game or the game the movie that's not true movie. dude dude all right that's another thing maybe we should talk about how like i do really think cloud swords are really fucking cool i think the whole idea behind that how it's this modular sword that of and throughout the movie he's like constantly progressing toward combining all the parts until he has his new ultimate sword um still reminiscent of the buster sword but like it it's just a really cool concept i really like it um i always have yeah they did look cool yeah i just think it's a i think it's a cool design thing uh and i've I've always really liked it jason you don't seem too enthused about it though I mean, for me, it's just mad. It's not really important to me. Like, I, I just okay. prefer the simpler original design with the bust of one buster sword. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, um, we, 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 we moved on from Denzel pretty quickly. Sorry, Delilah. Well, up. no, I was just going to say, just to get back to Denzel. Um, oh, okay, I could. I, I think it I think it made a lot of sense how him and Marlene connected pretty quickly based on both of their backstories. Um, and... Uh, the thing about Denzel that I didn't like was his English voice acting because I did watch this movie in Japanese and in English just to get that comparison point. Oh, and God. throughout the whole movie, he's just like, oh, oh, in the English version, not the Japanese version. Mm-hmm. And I just like I couldn't stand his voice actor. But that's not a reflection of the character as much as it is about the, the voice actor. Um, yeah, I'd say his one redeeming line is uh when uh, he shouts, you son of a bitch, and charges at uh, Bahamut Sin. Yes. Um, <laughs> for that, I, 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 I really like that scene. I don't know. I, I think that redeems him a lot as a character because he he, he kind of stops being this, this little kid and actually tries being a protector. It's, even though he, he doesn't stand a fucking chance, it was just like a good character moment for him. Yeah, and him being one of the only people that were willing to help the other two kids that where everyone was just kind of like shooing away because yeah. for some reason people think geostigma is inf- like you can get infected yeah i don't know that and, wasn't very clear to me yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's stained it's, doors yeah well they think it's contagious it's not actually contagious it's right because it's it's not spread as a normal disease is right you know it's 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 kind of just random selection from sephiroth's genes in the live stream mm-hmm um but anyway uh yeah denzel's then i i think denzel's an interesting character i think it's kind of weird seeing how attached he is to cloud when we don't really get much of that established relationship outside of Mm -hmm. when they first meet um i did really like that there's um child like crayon drawn pictures of tifa and cloud on the wall in the one room that you can kind of see in the background there's a lot of also decent background uh details that you can that you can spot in certain scenes mm-hmm. uh, i guess that kind of plays into the visual storytelling i was talking about earlier but mm-hmm. um just a, just something i i really liked and appreciated yeah but yeah i guess that's there's not a ton left to talk about with denzel i guess 
Uh, I mostly just wanted to talk about how his backstory is completely omitted from the original cut, which I find ridiculous. Yeah. Um, how's Marlene in this movie? Like, do we do we like her? Do we not like her? She's a little more grown up, obviously, from the original game. Uh, clearly, she's, she's very not brave. scared of Cloud anymore. Yeah, yeah. Very brave in this movie versus, you know, the original game. Obviously, she's older, but um, she doesn't seem to be scared of much of anything. Not even these Sephiroth clones. <laughs> she's just kind of there chilling. Um, I, I do like how they gave her Aerith's little bow. I thought that was a cute little detail that they added. And she, like... Like, like she still refers to Aerith as, like, my friend or, you know, whatever, like, being connected to her. So it's, like, a nice little callback. But um, other than that, I, I, I like that she's brave. I don't know. I feel like it makes sense considering the world she grew up in and her dad being this brave big guy. Yeah. Also, right. they, tra they transplant a lot of that Barrett attitude onto her, yeah. And, and can we talk about the scene where she... <laughs> she she like says something in Barrett's voice. Yeah, that yeah. was so cute. Actually, I love that. I I, I really adored that. I it's really cheesy. It's really corny, but I I find it I find it very endearing. Um, yeah, and really yeah, Barrett Barrett and most of the rest of the party don't show up until like the very end. Yeah, yeah, we do get like a phone call or we hear a voicemail from Barrett at the very beginning. Yeah, uh, where he kind of establishes why he why Marlene's with them and he's not around. He's like. He he, I guess he's like a, a, a he's back to doing a, a mining job. I guess like he would have done. He's if looking he lived for in oil. I, I, yeah, he's yeah, right, right, right. Looking right. for oil, which I find ironic. Yeah, right. And I think that was part of the point, right? Yeah. Like with the, with them moving on from Mako Energy, now they're they're finding ener uh, uh, <laughs> another energy energy stuff. alternatives. Yeah, a different <laughs> fuel alternative. And what do they find? Oh, oil. Okay, cool. Fossil fuels. <laughs> Uh, good job, guys. <laughs> yeah, but I I do like how they brought in the other characters. If, if again, it's very anime, they all show up at the same time. It's like it's super well, hype. I don't know, like pres presumably mm -hmm. Sid picked them up in 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 his in his new airship. You know. Yeah. Um. Also, I I did also like the detail that the the airship is named Shara. Uh. Mm -hmm. After his. Mm -hmm. I. They're not well. Maybe they are married by the time of this movie. I don't actually know. I don't think that's ever confirmed either. But playing yeah, the I original mean, game, it's pretty clear what his his and Cher's relationship is. That the, a lot a lot of these questions and like the way the characters just show up kind of at the very end and have very little time in the movie, and the way we really don't get things fleshed out, like you mentioned Denzel with Cloud, why he looks up to Cloud. A lot of things that in the original, even in the complete version. We get some scenes, but doesn't really talk to it all. It just goes to a thought I had while I was watching it. Like, if they were going to do this and bring Sephiroth back to have another battle, you should have at least tried to do, I'm at the time, like, tell like, premium TV shows weren't as big of a thing, but, like, True. um, you should have at least tried to do multiple movies and try to build it up. And also at the same time, get more time with the characters if you were going to commit to it. I don't know. You, just you heard thought. it here first, folks. Jason wants an Advent Children trilogy. No, I meant like it, damage is already <laughs> done. Like I'm talking about taking what you did here, but actually flush it out into something better. Over the I, I, I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know what you're saying. I, just, I, I don't, I, just I don't agree with this in concept from the beginning. But if you were going to do it, <laughs> right, right. Because then at least we get more time with the rest of the party 
which like going back to our conversations about remake is obviously the best part is the care is those characters yeah yeah i think i th i think it was that was the whole Bahamut Sin thing was probably the it was easily the most hype moment of of the entire movie. Mm -hmm. Um, like a bit a, a new a new iteration of Bahamut rampaging through the city and who shows up the uh, the original cast. Um, I do yeah. find it really goofy that Kate Sith shows up and basically does nothing but ride Red Thirteen. <laughs> um, also, it's a shame that Red Thirteen has has literally one line in the entire movie. Yeah, and it's at the very end. Um, doesn't that's he, kind like, of a say shame. some? Doesn't he say something kind of in the background when they they get there's a snapshot of them on the high wind, and they're like, "Oh, we need to help him fight Sephiroth," and then it's kind of contrived, like, "No, we'll give him ten minutes. He needs to fight this." That's Barrett. Barrett says or, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Red, Red Thirteen literally doesn't say anything until when the, at the very end when they're at the pool in the church, and he's like. Some still have the stigma oh. or something like that. That's his only line in the entire. Oh, oh, movie. oh! I'm sorry. I, I had a, I had a mind fart. I thought you said, um, I thought you said Kate Sith. I, no, I, Kate yeah. Sith says a bunch of like goofy shit. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah. but Red Thirteen doesn't really say, and only has one line. It's a, a, a bit of a shame, mm -hmm. uh, especially because he's the first character we see in the movie. <laughs> yep. Right. Um, but yeah, this, Sid was great. Yuffie was great. Um, I really liked Vincent's whole through line. Where can I buy a phone? <laughs> <laughs> um, what, Jason? You didn't like that line? Oh, no, I was just fixing my oh. glasses. Oh, okay. You looked so annoyed after I said that. <laughs> um, no, it, it just goes back to what I just said. It's like, yeah, I agree with you. A lot of these character lines, like, they're very much, they, uh, with the exception of Cloud, they very much feel like the characters... Mm -hmm. It's just that we get a few minutes of them at the end. Yeah. Um, we don't get a few minutes with Tifa though. How did we no. like Tifa in this in this movie? As kind of like this tough love partner almost a cloud. Again, my complaint is more of a voice acting thing, but thinking about the Japanese version. It felt like Tifa. I do feel like, though, Tifa would have been more accepting of Cloud's absence than she seemed to be in this movie. She seemed to be more more distressed by it. Well, I think most of that just comes from, like, every time every time there's something that, like, the, the kids have been kidnapped. And what does Cloud do? I need to talk to Rufus. And she, it just boiled over, right? Yeah. She is, is kind of fed up with him just running away. She's fed up with him be mourning for all this time like she she's kind of done with it um frankly I, I guess you could say that she's just as she's just as frustrated as the viewers yeah um, yes exactly any any issues that i have with tifa in this is an offshoot of cloud's thing again yeah. just going back to what we talked about in the beginning um she's you know she's fine um but again it's just weird because and it makes sense she would stick with him and do the tough love thing because that's what she in the original game she was always standing by him, yeah. and it was kind of Cloud's lack of confidence hidden underneath that facade, going all the way back to his childhood, which again, as you pointed out, really doesn't come back to him until a good ways into the game. But it's still kind of a psychosis, a part of his, you know, overall character and development. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I I I think 
I think she's very much herself in this movie, and I think I think the scenes where she the scenes where she argues with Cloud and it just tells him, you know, you got to get your shit together. I really like like the one the one where they're both in the bedroom, the, the one that I was just referring to. Where he said I had to talk to Rufus. Uh, what's even funnier about that scene is Reno and Rude like scrambling to figure out like should we go? <laughs> like, yeah, should we leave? <laughs> yeah. They kind of feel like attempts at comedic relief that, like, it's not properly timed. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff, like Delilah pointed out, the sunglasses is funny. But again, I I, I thought their comedic relief worked really well. Personally, I thought I thought that I thought the part I thought that part that I was just talking about was hysterical. Um, the bit where they're first introduced, where Reno gets locked out of the room and he's still talking as if he's there. Um. I still I, I I enjoyed that a lot. I think I think maybe, overall they worked. Maybe the one you just pointed out. Maybe I didn't feel it as much because I'm like it, it's the whole scene is basically just a giant exposition dump where Rufus yeah. is telling Cloud, "All right, this is what the geostigmas is." At least it's my theory, but no, his theory is actually exactly what it is. And <laughs> and also to point out, like over half of that scene not in the original cut. So like yeah. all of that exp- all that exposition was not originally provided in the original cut of the movie. Um which in a way like fixes a bit of the pacing because that scene goes on for a really long time incomplete, but it also provides you with a lot of crucial information about what the fuck is going on. Um so imagine that not being there. It, it, again, incomprehensible. Yeah. Um but okay, I mean we talked a lot about most of the characters. Uh, there's a few other things that I do want to I do want to bring up before we wrap this show up. But did you guys have anything else to talk about with the uh, with any character specifically, or any any plot points that we may or may not have talked at length about? Just like a funny dig is. Do you have you guys ever seen Hocus Pocus? <laughs> Oh yeah, that movie's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know when the uh, blonde chick is like summoning all of the kids to like this like place. Yeah, the, yeah, the witches because they want to suck out their souls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When when the uh, Kadaj was bringing all the kids to the pool, uh, it reminded me of that. Drink <laughs> but like Kool-Aid, less the Genova Kool Aid. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Like the little children. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is pretty nasty that. It is pretty nasty that he walks into a lake and it turns black and he's like, come drink thy water. And they all do. Um, also, I love how we're we're talking about uh, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children and Jason's like being really critical. And then Hocus Pocus comes up and he's like, oh, that movie's awesome. It is. <laughs> it's such a good movie. I, I personally did not really care much for Hocus Pocus, but I feel like maybe I watched it too late in life. Mm, that could be um, it. Yeah, I don't have the nostalgia for Hocus yeah, that, Pocus like I probably, do for Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably a big part of it is that I watched it a lot as a kid. When yeah. yeah, yeah, so did I with Advent Children. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, there's there's one more big thing that I kind of want to talk about. Um, there's like a couple symbols that are reused throughout the throughout the movie. Um, for one, the Buster Sword. It's kind of repurpose as a almost like a gravestone we haven't really talked about zach at all either so i guess this is a good jumping off point to talk about zach's involvement with this movie which is similar to Aerith's. um but i i do like how 
the Buster Sword again used as a gravestone, and then it's kind of re it's kind of moved to the church as like less a as less a sign of uh, of a grave and more just like a like a memorial almost. Mm-hmm. To it's those almost two positioned like the game over screen. The yeah, oh yeah, that. that's actually a really good point. Yeah, I didn't even think didn't, of that. didn't think about that. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, with as far as Zach's involvement with this goes, um, like it, it, again, it's it's similar to like I said, it's similar to how Aerith functions in this movie. Um, he he, like I don't know if like the intention is they're speaking to him through the live stream throughout the movie, or if he's just having like psychosis memories or thoughts about them. Um, he's like, talking to them through the you... force. And, uh, yeah, well, and even if it is psychosis, his psychosis and his the way it worked out in the in the story of the original is inherently attached to the live stream. So yeah. either way, yeah, yeah. Um, but I did. I again part of part of why that ending with the the song that plays works so well is it really is a bit. It, I do feel it is a pretty profound and powerful moment. Um him seeing Aerith and Zack and them walk off together um, into just, like, the blank, the void, as if he's finally he's finally come to accept that their their passing wasn't his fault. Mm-hmm. I like how that's used. I like how Zack is overall used through this, uh, uh throughout this movie, um, in that he just, he pushes Cloud to the realization that he frankly needs to come to, or should have come to, long before this movie takes place. Uh, but I think it well, works overall pretty well. He did, and I, I guess that's just my problem. Is it feels like it's just retreading a lot of ground from the game. Yeah, I guess it's it's again it's it's like him. He he's blaming himself for his death when he really shouldn't be. Him especially. Like, there's no reason for Cloud to blame himself for Zach's death. Right. Aerith, you could maybe make an argument for, but not Zach. I guess maybe he feels like he wasn't strong enough to like help him. I don't know. I mean, he was a fucking vegetable. He was. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He was there was nothing he could do. He was basically a Shinra red shirt. Uh, for those who don't get it, Star Trek reference. It was basically a person who's there to die a grunt. Um, yeah, he's basically a red shirt that just happened to be at the right place at the right time. No, to he was involved in all this. It wasn't even that. It was this is post. This is post him being experimented on and having Mako poisoning. Like <clears throat> again, he was oh, a vegetable. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 there was yeah, literally yeah. nothing he could do. And it wasn't his fault that he was in that situation. Right, right. Uh, yeah. It was Zach so, who was trying to save him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so blaming himself for, for Zach's death is, is a, again, it's contrived. Um, and not in, like, a necessarily good way. But I do feel that him and Aerith kind of walking off at the end of the movie, the way Zach is utilized throughout the movie, I think it, I think it works very well. I, I could say the same about Aerith, I guess, except for the... Um, live stream MacGuffin or Deus well, Ex Machina. Also, like at that time, I would say like her death was one of the most iconic video game deaths. Period. Maybe like I, I mean is. there were others, but I, it still is for sure. But I think there's been other like games that have had very impactful deaths. So now it's like among others. Whereas at the time, it's like no, this game was like probably not one of the first or one of the few, but like. Well, I would say one of the few games that made people like cry and like actually be impacted by a character's death to that extent where people are talking about it. Um, 
I feel like some people that don't even play the game know that she died, which is, yeah. Anyway, um, but I think her presence always brings this, like, somber energy. I can't explain it other than, like, forced Spoilers energy. For, spoilers <laughs> for remake. Fuck. Spoilers oh, for remake. Damn. <laughs> forget, forget. You can't not spoil anything because this is all. I will. We are. We. Are, I. I do compilation. actually intend to. I actually do intend to do a spoiler block for remake shortly. So maybe. Maybe we'll let's circle back to that point in particular. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh, cool. In a moment, I might just have to do some. Uh, some editing here. Um, <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it's all good. It's all. God good. damn it, Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, she's um, fucking the Mass Effect guy in the shadows. She just needs a cigarette. She's manipulating, elusive, manipulating everything. Trying to the elusive man, yeah, the elusive <laughs> woman over here. <laughs> um, all right, there's Martin two other Sheen. symbols that I I do want to bring up. Uh, yeah, Martin Sheen, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, there's uh that wolf that shows up throughout the movie. I I've never really understood. Or never fully grasp what the hell that's supposed to and like what that think, what that's supposed to mean. Is it just supposed to mean that Cloud feels like he's a lone wolf? Yes, that he's I, on I his think, own. I think if I if I'm being um, what's the word generous to Nomura and Nojima, I think it's supposed to be yeah him being a lone wolf, and then at the end, all his friends, all the party members, each one throws him up uh, for the final blow on the uh, Bahamut thing. I mean, we still see the wolf one more time at the end before he wakes up in the pool. But like, it, it's kind of like a. It almost feels like a like a goodbye. Like, I guess he no longer needs it or no longer. Um, you are not alone, Cloud. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's always <laughs> been like a kind of a reference. thing. Uh huh. Sure. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that that that's kind of one of the I I would say the worst kind of reused symbol throughout the throughout the game. This one, the, this last one is is a little more subtle and never attention's never really brought to it. But uh, all the all the original party members wear a pink ribbon. Mm. Um, do you guys view that as a remembrance of Aerith specifically, or do you guys view that as just they're the the party that saved the world kind of thing? Because I've always viewed it viewed it at the, as the former. The former, absolutely. Especially, like I said, Marlene had her, her literal ribbon on her hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, too. And, yeah, I mean, they all wore it, like, uh, they all had it on their arm, right? Yeah. 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 With the exception of, like, maybe Barrett, because his arms are huge? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I think they all have, yeah, they probably all have them on their arm. Yeah, and that's another symbolic thing, you know, tied to the wall for, like, Cloud has it covered up for most of the story until the end Ooh, when they're all yeah. fighting and it gets like his sleeve gets cut off or whatever. Oh, yeah. I actually like that. Makes me appreciate the wolf thingy more. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> Again, I'm speculating. I'm being generous <laughs> to the <laughs> to the the makers of this film. Yeah, but yeah, those are just some symbols that I wanted to bring up and thought were were kind of used. Well, at least two of them were used in very interesting. Uh, good ways in my opinion um yeah just I, I guess my only final thought on it would be we mentioned so many interesting things you know like the leftovers from shinra how they feel about what happened potential conflicts between them and the people who saved the world denzel a survivor of events of the first game so many potential interesting plot threads 
as opposed to let's just bring Sephiroth back in yeah. not even as strong a form as he was in the game. Is it's just whatever. <laughs> yeah, I get it. You wanted to have them fight at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all right, is there, I mean, is there anything else you guys want to bring up specifically about the movie? Otherwise, we can move on to a brief discussion about how this may or may not tie into the remake trilogy. Actually, curious to know what you guys thought about like Rufus and Rude and Reno being like homies now, <laughs> like like stepping in and helping. Again, that's that's what I meant by like that's a such an interesting potentially far superior film that could have been yeah fleshed yeah. out yeah oh i i do think i will also call out i do think it was <laughs> it it made next to no sense that rufus was carrying genova's head the whole time um because then he just like what he thinks tossing it off of a building is going to do anything um what was the fucking point of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, but I do agree that I, I do like that Rufus has kind of turned over a new leaf and realizes how much Shinra was fucking up the world uh, and how it kind of nearly led to its destruction. I, I like that concept, and I think Reno and Rude were well utilized uh, throughout the movie. I, ca- I almost wish that we got more Sung and Elena, um, yeah. but I don't know what they would have done with them. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's about it. All right, cool. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up was did it, like every time like I step on Aerith's garden in the church, I cringe at myself in the game, and then like seeing it just get like decimated <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, it just like hurt my soul, which I, is good. It, it brings importance to that little. I mean, little to, garden. to to be fair, Laws Laws thought it was pretty gross. That's so. true. Yeah. I, I just like hear her yelling. It, I think the implication is that it's the life stream in opposition to Genova. So it, I guess it's supposed to foreshadow the Deus oh. Ex Machina at the end. But again, I'm being generous here. No, yeah, that that's a good point. Is he he likely wasn't saying gross to the flowers? He was probably saying gross because the life stream was so strong there. But but yeah. again, you wouldn't even be able to put that together unless you're very familiar you know already with the game and even then like yeah. it's not communicated through the movie i mean it's it's communicated enough i just never really connected the two dots that it's funny that, that i that... did and you didn't yeah it, like i yeah. i don't know i never i i, I guess i just kind of watched the movie and was like i i never really thought that suddenly magic life stream water appearing at that pool really ever made sense but i never connected him saying him looking at it with disgust as related to that. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, it's still really contrived that, uh, what is his name, Baj, Kadaj, whatever the fuck, uh, Abracadabra. <laughs> uh, at, the, <laughs> at the end of the bike chase scene, at the end, he just happens to stop in the church and specifically magic blast the flowers to create the hole from which the life stream shall spring. I mean, I feel, he like, he stopped fired, anywhere. I feel like he fired more shots uh, than, than just that one. But yeah, I, I agree that of Getting all to the, that, it's Midgard, that there's an entire city there. of places right. to go, yeah. Right, I, I get it, I get it. Um, but, okay. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's touch on some 
potential, you know, remake stuff. Uh, I'll probably put in a time code. I'll probably edit that in after for you to skip to if you don't want to hear double spoilers. spoilers. Yeah, um, we probably won't talk about it very long, but yeah, this is where you should go to uh, if you don't want to hear the remake stuff. Skip to one hour and 19 minutes for the show wrap up. Okay, cool. Let's talk about it. Um, Delilah, did you want to expound on your, your point from before? Or or kind of go back into it? Like, I'm curious to know what you what you mean by how, how the kind of the white space is used in Remake, because there's definitely something going on there. Yeah, the best way I could provide an analogy, and it's me bringing up Star Wars rather than Jason, um, is like... is. that is like representative of the force of like how they're communicating with each other or like sensing each other's presence through different timelines or through death you know surpassing death and and grounds us binds us penetrates us there you go (laughs) exactly yeah no i definitely i definitely concur with delilah that they're going to use the live stream for some convoluted marvel-esque well there's time verse slash multi uh, timeline thing. Well, it, it, like talking strictly about the end of of um, remake, and um, it should be noted, like we're recording this a day before Rebirth oh is out. Oh my god! Can you believe um, that? <laughs> yeah. Um. So a day before Rebirth is out, we don't know. I haven't spoiled. I'm completely unspoiled on whatever crazy new shit is in that game. Um, so just talking strictly from from remake and the theories that people kind of crafted surrounding that game, um, like the the one theory is that the Sephiroth we kind of see throughout remake, the one and and the one that you fight at the end of remake, uh, is the Advent Children Sephiroth, uh, somehow having made his way through the live stream to some alternate reality or parallel dimension where he's trying to. Uh, change the events of the canon, I guess, in order to um, aid himself in winning uh, or succeeding, I should say. Yeah, at the ver- at the very least, it has to be a future version of Sephiroth that's already lost, because otherwise, his dialogue and remake doesn't make a lot of sense, because he clearly knows that he get he got defeated at one point. Yeah. Um, whether it's the advent children version or just another reincarnated version is you know does it really matter there uh there was also those there's those three bosses you fight at the end of remake i don't remember what the hell they're called they were like the three color-coded bosses oh the harbor wait the harbingers harbingers Harbingers. weren't they named after the guys in this they weren't named after them but they're like i think if you assess them in the description there's something that makes them very heavily correlate or correspond with Kadaj, Yazoo, and Laz. So it kind of seems like they're connected in some way. Mm. Um so it's it's led to, it's led to some to some interesting theories about where this all could go. Uh and obviously this is more uh related to Cri- Crisis Core and I think we talked about it probably in our Crisis Core episode. Definitely in our remake episode, which by the way like we put out, you know, we put out an episode on Final Fantasy VII Remake, Crisis Core, 
uh the Yuffie dlc the remake dlc episode intermission and now this so lots of final fantasy 7 content alone uh if you are in, if you're listening to this and are interested in any more go please go check that stuff out um but yeah point point being is uh definitely seems like there's some deeper connections with the compilation that we have yet to see in the remake trilogy um i i guys i'm i am really excited about rebirth so it, it'll be an exciting it'll be an exciting conversation when we all finish that game to kind of see where we all what what we land on as it relates to all of this final fantasy 7 stuff yeah I just hope they don't go off the rails. I mean, they're already going off the rails. Yeah, by virtue of the fact that it is a compilation sequel, it's already off the rails. That's true. Yeah, yeah. like which is and, why and, I'm so checked out. And and you know they they have Nomura Kitase, Nojima. They've all said that like all the main plot points are going to be there. They're not deviating from that stuff. Um, we'll see how true that is. Obviously, starting tomorrow. Um, but I, I want to believe that that's true. It like, ideally, ideally it's like, we still hit all those main plot points and that stuff still happens. And then there's something that's also happening concurrently that is different, that is new and can kind of slot in with what we know, uh, so intimately. Um, I, I'm just, I'm curious to see how it works out. Yeah. Um, and you know you'll you'll probably hear our thoughts on that uh oh, relatively yeah, soon. I do not have faith. Yeah, I know. You never have faith, Jason. You never have faith. Um I'm not going right. to lie, rewatching Advent Children gave me a little less faith. <laughs> Guys, I'm not going to lie. You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> how can I how can I sit here and say like well, I mean, because I because I do still inherently love this movie. Even I, again, I know it's a bad movie, guys. I do know that it's a bad movie. The but. movie is just so much funner when you don't have remake to worry about and what remake is trying to do. You know, because now hey, I'm man. looking at it like, oh, what are they gonna do with this or that, or are they gonna do anything with this or that? Whereas when I watched it back then, it was just like, Haha, cool sword sword fight, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, at the end of the day, like, whatever they do, the original still exists, and that's not changing, and it's... I mean, you could... yeah, you're right, but the sad thing is, is that most people are not going to go back and play the original, they're going to play these, and this yeah. is going to be and that, what their that, conception that, of it is. That is very much a problem, that's all, that, that, that's been happening since Remake released, and, um... You know, we talked about it in our in our episode intermission episode. Like that, that is the biggest crime is that people might not go back and play the original now. They'll they'll just play the remake and think that it's the remake trilogy and think that it's okay. And um, normally, I would agree with that. Like for like Resident Evil Four, I think that's fine, or like other remakes. But yeah. I, what I don't like is that the developers are even saying like, "Don't you don't have to play the original." And people that are getting paid to sponsor this game are saying that, and I right. just think that's wrong. And calling it a remake, calling it a remake to begin with, in my opinion, is fraudulent advertising. I mean, I, 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 I don't agree with that, but I think that that's a that's a conversation for another time or a conversation mm -hmm. for our remake episode that's already been out for like four yeah. years now. Go go listen to that. Um. But I, 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 guys, I get your point, and I agree with, I agree with you. Like, I, I, I also think it's a, it's a damn shame that people are not playing the original game now. Um, and 
this isn't really a Square Enix thing. This isn't really a Katase, a Nomura, or any of those staff. Corporate media thing. It's a it's it would happen with any developer ever that was putting out a game that that's a remake. You know? They just want you to buy the new product. Listen, listen, folks, we're getting a world where like they're already talking now about redoing the Harry Potter movies, not even a decade after the last one came out. Like, no, it's been a, it's been well over a decade since. Has it? Uh, maybe my memory is shoddy. I don't. Well, I no. So. Regardless, that's not the point. The point is, yeah, that's they're not redoing. The yeah, they're redoing an entire series of. Well, it was eight movies, seven books. So, it was eight movies. They did two parts. Like and uh, the the, the point the point yeah. being is yeah I mean look we live in a we live in the world where the Last of Us has has gotten a remaster and a remake less than ten years after the original came out. Right. Right. Um. <laughs> Which <laughs> that's not a can of worms I really want to open right now. But... Yeah, I do have a can of worms that I want to open, sort of, but hopefully not for long. It's just I need to know okay. what you think. Do you know how we came out of remake? Like, oh, okay, no, you have to actually play the original. This isn't like a one to one remake. Yeah, They're doing yeah, more, yeah. right? Do you think that people are going to come out of this or maybe even part three saying, oh, you actually have to watch Advent Children? <laughs> <laughs> why do you think they finally brought it to u.s theaters <laughs> oh that's this is what this is why i'm like oh my god what is gonna no, happen i don't i don't know i'm being partially facetious i i, I don't know um th- th- i this, this this is kind of a continuation from our again from our intermission episode the last episode we put out uh just before this one where they're kind of working in the compilation stuff in a more organic way with the remake trilogy, which I actually think is really smart because it makes that stuff a lot less uh, jarring to to see. Um, if there's anything that they can pull from Advent Children to more organically bring into the canon of this remake trilogy, I think it's fine. It just depends on what it is. Um yeah, they they, they kind of did that with Dirge of Cerberus, and I think right. it makes a whole lot more sense than how Dirge of Cerberus existed pre remake, where we're just led to ex- we're we're just led to um see and accept that there was this this secret Splinter unit underneath uh the Shinra building that's just been dormant for three years. Um, it it helps seeing that in like you know the 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 natural timeline much sooner than just seeing it years later and having to believe it yeah so we'll see you know we'll see what what is there that they could bring from advent children and incorporate into into this game i really don't know and you know i'm sure we'll discuss it when our rebirth episode comes out yeah um because if there is anything we'll you know we're gonna talk about it yes anything else before we wrap this uh this bad boy up Nope. Dilly dally shilly shally. Dilly dally shilly shally. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we want to move on, guys. Um, Jason, you grading this movie? No. What's the Klasnicki rating? You're not gonna give I, it. A I'm grade? not gonna give it. A, I'm not gonna give it a, num- a numerical grade. I'll just say it's so bad that it it is not bad enough to be to the horseshoe absurdist point that Tommy Wiseau did with the room where it's actually enjoyable to watch because it's so bad. It's like almost there, but not quite. And that's all I got to say about that. I just think it's neat. 
And that's all we got. <laughs> it's fun. I just miss how I felt before. Yeah, there's there's definitely there was definitely a magic of again put with, with my experience like a twelve year old who was growing up loving Final Fantasy VII and you see that DVD on 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 the Walmart shelf and you're like oh my god yeah I I need that in my life what is this holy god so that's you know that magic is gone but. I do still think this movie is a lot of fun. And again, it's not a good movie. I know it's not a good movie. Yeah. But I really enjoy it. Hey, man, I'm not judging you. Again, I like Shia LaBeouf Transformers. I know. <laughs> I know you do. And, and and if you ask me, that's a lot more shameful than me enjoying Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> that would be a good. That would be a good like miscellaneous episode to be. <laughs> Let us know in the comments what's ooh. worse to like. <laughs> all right um delilah you got anything to plug i'll be doing a full playthrough of the remake on my youtube channel i did the demos uh if you want to check it out assassina underscore sign i don't even remember <laughs> oh you know it's bad when you don't great remember plug. Your yeah i think it's plug. dash sun yeah it's dash sun <laughs> i'm gonna plug my youtube and my Twitter. oh shit what's my username what is, oh, what is it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, I, I'll I'll spare Jason with this one. Delilah, what's the next episode we're doing? Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Yeah, it shouldn't really be a surprise. Yeah. We've kind of alluded to this. We've kind of been building towards this. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Uh, that'll be our next episode. You guys, and then ready? we'll take a break from Final Fantasy. No worries. I know it's uh, been a lot. What? No, we're not. This is a Final Fantasy show now. Yeah. After after rebirth, we're doing eight. Oh shit! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just, just had to ruin my weekend where I should be having. All I should be thinking about is Dune, and I gotta <laughs> deal with this shit. Yeah, Jason. Jason messaged us in Slack. Like, by the way, guys, I don't know if you're uh, planning on seeing Dune this weekend. I'm like, are you kidding me? Hell no! Yeah. <laughs> rebirth comes out on Thursday. I am doing nothing this weekend but playing Rebirth. I wish I was doing nothing but playing Rebirth. Yeah, I hear that. I actually, I actually do have one thing to do that I'll, I'll just be thinking about playing Rebirth most of the time. And the person that is having me do the thing knows that I will be wanting to get home to play. Oh Rebirth. man! <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Rebirth is our next episode. Go ahead and play that, and we'll hit you with that episode when we can. If you liked this episode this episode about advent children uh please be sure to uh leave us a comment if you're watching on youtube tell us what you liked or didn't like about this movie or this episode frankly uh and be sure to like the episode subscribe to the channel if you're not and share the episode with anyone that you think would get a kick out of our advent children opinions uh, if you listened on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Five stars preferred. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Um, and, you know, share the show with anyone that you think will enjoy it. That's all I really have to say. Yeah. So join us next time for our episode on Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Thanks for listening. Bye. Everybody.